All the people said, Amen. Thank you, choir. Good to have them back, isn't it? Thank you, choir. Bless your hearts. Amen. I want you to chew on this phrase just for a moment. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Think about that. Jehovah Rapha, (laughs) Ah, the God who heals. We've come this morning to be touched by and healed by the God of all creation. Jehovah Rapha, God the healer. Have you come prepared, brothers and sisters? Have you become, have you, have you come with your hearts prepared for what God, the God of creation, the God of everything we know has in store for you? The Old Testament talks about Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, the God who wants to meet you at your point of deepest need, the God who wants to touch you wherever you need it most. That God wants to touch your heart and lives today. In the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 15, it says, I am the Lord who heals you. The psalmist says in Psalm 103, chapter chapter 103, verse 3, the Lord forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. In Isaiah chapter 53, there's a prophetic word about Jesus Christ who's coming. And it's written six, seven hundred years before he actually gets here. In verse 5 of chapter 53 of Isaiah, it says, By his wounds we are healed. And many other places in the Old Testament talks about Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. While Jesus was on this earth, he had a three pronged ministry, preaching, teaching, and healing. About 20% of the Gospels talks about the healing ministry, records the healing ministry of Jesus. It was extremely important to Jesus, His healing ministry. It is a major theme in God's Word to be healed by Jehovah Rapha. Brothers and sisters, Take note of this. God wants to heal you. It is God's will that His people are healed. First and foremost, spiritually, yes. First and foremost, spiritually. Getting that right relationship with Jehovah Rapha, the God of all creation, the God who is a healer, getting that relationship clear with Him. Yes, first and foremost. But there's also, obviously, as you read through His Word, a healing aspect physically also. It is God's will that His people are healed. This morning, we come before Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, and ask Him for His healing touch. Whatever it is, whatever you need, we ask God today to touch your life. We ask God that today would be your day when He would set you free. Are you ready, brothers and sisters? Your day could be today. The day for you to be set free from whatever's going on, whatever you're dealing with, it could be today. Jehovah Rapha is here with us. 
This morning we come to Jehovah Rapha in faith. The first thing we do is we approach Him in faith. In order for God to heal us in any way, shape, or form, we must have faith. We must have faith that is sure and certain. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, For faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. In this case, seeing is not believing. Having faith is believing in this case. We don't have to see it to believe it. We have sure and certain faith that God can and will do what He says He will do. This morning, we come to God in faith. Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me say it again. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Say those few words with me. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith doesn't, or healing doesn't happen in any way, shape, or form apart from faith. Faith that is sure and certain. In Mark chapter 5, we read that Jesus is walking around doing His thing, preaching, teaching, and healing, and He's become popular. His popularity has gone through the roof. And everywhere He goes, there's large crowds that follow Him. Large crowds pressing in on Him, jostling for position to get in there to try to see Jesus and talk to Him, maybe even touch Him. And one day they were walking through a town or a village and, and the crowd was tight. The crowd was huge. Everybody was pressing in and Jesus stops and says something very strange. He says, who touched me? And his disciples who were in there, who were around there to, see, to hear that happen, they look at Jesus and said, who touched you? Everybody touched you. You're in the middle of a crowd. Everybody's touching you. Jesus said, no, no, no. Power left my body. Power went out of my body. Somebody touched me. He looks around to find the person that touched him. Pretty soon this woman comes trembling before him, falls on her, on her face before Jesus, and, and Jesus says to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. See, this woman had had this physical problem for years. She had gone to every doctor she could find. She had taken every home remedy she could concoct. She had done everything she knew to do at that time and that age, and nothing had worked. Now she hears that this man is walking around the country preaching, teaching, and healing. And Jesus, Jesus is coming to her place. She says, if I ever come near that guy, I'm going to go see him. I'm going to see if he can touch me or heal me. Jesus comes walking through her part of the, part of the woods, her neck of the woods. She comes, and there's this big crowd. And she starts to push her way through the crowd, just walk, walking through the crowd, pushing her way, trying to get close to Jesus. In her mind, she thought, if I can just touch Him, I will be healed. So she makes her way through the crowd and, and reaches her hand out and touches His clothing. And power comes out of His body. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. You see, brothers and sisters, when we come to God asking Him for healing in any way, shape, or form, we can't come to Him unless we have faith. 
Faith that is sure. Faith that is certain. Pastor Chuck, how much faith do I need? Well, Jesus answered that question too. You need about that much. Can you see that? That much. The size of a mustard seed. You ever seen a mustard seed? It's about that big. You need faith that is certain and sure and that size or bigger and God can work with you. We come to God with faith that is certain and sure. Now, there are times, I must say, when lack of faith hinders God's ability to heal or blocks God's ability to heal. Jesus was going around preaching teaching, and healing. He comes to his hometown. Oh, the word was out. Jesus was all over the news. I mean, the 6 o'clock news had his everything. There was Jesus watch going on. People knew about Jesus. The word had gotten even to his hometown. He comes into his hometown, and the crowds are following him. And the people in his hometown said, wait a minute. That's the carpenter's son. His mother's Mary. We know his brothers and his sister. We know him. That's what all the commotion's about? Him? Man, he's nothing. He's just Jesus, the carpenter's son. And at the end of Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, there's a very sad verse that says this. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we really don't have faith that Jesus or that God, Jehovah Rapha, can do what He says He can do. We pray. We, we, we ask Him in the name of Jesus. But down deep, we just don't believe it can happen. Brothers and sisters, we need to muster faith. Get that? Did you get that? Muster faith, size of a mustard seed. Anyway, let's throw that in. Kind of preacher humor that no one usually gets. It's okay with me. We need, to, we need faith that God can and do what He says He can do. We can do that. We can have that faith when we understand that when part of, part of the healing is ministry is we let God be God. We let God be God. We pray for healing and we want this person healed. We pray in faith. We want this person healed. We have in our mind what we want to happen. This is how it has to happen. But we need to pray and let God be God. We can pray and ask God to heal that person. We can pray and ask God to completely heal that person for the, in this way or that way. It's okay. But we need in the end to let God be God. Because brothers and sisters, this is not a cop-out. This is Bible truth. The greatest healing that can happen in anyone's life is to have a glorified body with God in heaven. Do I want to leave this earth? Not right now. I'm enjoying myself here. It's what's all I know. I can't wait to see what happens to my daughters. What are they going to be when they grow up? Are they grown up yet? That's a, that's a loaded question. What are they going to do? You know, there, there's some things that I want to experience. I'm not asking to go to heaven right now. If God chooses for me to, I'm okay with that. But I'm not asking to go to heaven right now. But I understand that no matter how young or old the person in the body of Christ is, when we pray for them and God takes them home, that is healing. We pray in faith and we let God be God. Romans 8.28 says, 
all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. God uses the things in our lives to accomplish what His plan is at the first place, to give us this intimate relationship, this restored relationship with Him, this growing relationship with Him, and He will use anything He can in your life and mine to get that done to His honor and glory. We pray, we have faith, and we let God be God. Psalm 116, verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. Why? Why is it precious? Because they fought the good fight. They've kept the faith. They're with Him. And they are healed. Jehovah Rapha. This morning we come to Jehovah Rapha in faith. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? This morning we come to Jehovah Rapha on our knees in prayer. We humbly bow before God asking Him to give us the touch that we need. In faith, we pray in faith, believing God can and will heal us at the point of our deepest need. We pray and we leave the results to God. Jesus told us and His disciples in Luke chapter 18 to always pray and not give up. Always pray and not give up. God knows what He is doing. God can be trusted, brothers and sisters, in your life and in mine. God cares deeply for you and me. God cares deep, more deep, deeply, whatever. He cares more for you than anyone else. He cares more for you than anyone can. He created you. He knows you. He wants to bring you to the place where you are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ your Lord. God has a plan for you. And we bow before Him and we pray. We pray before a God who actually listens to the cries of our heart. God loves it. He loves it when we jump up into His lap and we lean back and we have this intimate conversation with Him. (laughs) Our God He then puts His arms around us. Think about it. Have you ever been there, brothers and sisters? He puts His arms around us, holds us close, listens to the beat of our heart, the cry of our heart, and says, I will be with you always. I'm there for you. And we humbly bow and speak to a God who actually listens and cares for us. Luke chapter 5, Jesus was doing what Jesus did. Preaching, teaching, and healing. Now he was in a house. The house was packed. There were people all around the house. Couldn't get anybody else in. They were all over. These four guys come carrying their paralyzed friend. They come to the front door, couldn't get in. It was was packed. They saw some stairs on the side of the house that led up to the roof. They go up to the roof on the flat roof. They cut a hole in the roof. I don't even know that they knew the guy that owned the house. They cut a hole in the roof. They lowered their friend down so he could get to Jesus because they had faith that if they could just get their friend to Jesus, he would work in their lives, in his, in his life. They lowered this, this cot down to Jesus. And Jesus, looking up, was really impressed at their persistence and their faith. And the Bible says their faith healed the man. 
soul and body. Their faith healed the man. So when we pray and we bring someone to God in prayer, we are like those four men that took their friend to Jesus and were persistent about it and would not give up. We should always pray, brothers and sisters, and never, ever give up. Do you know that when I've spent time on my knees for anything, for anyone else, it's helping me spiritually? Do you know that? The whole thing God uses to help me become more of who he longs for me to be. Jesus is still challenging us and encouraging us and commanding us to continue to pray and not give up. This morning we come to Jehovah Rapha in faith. This morning we come to Jehovah Rapha on our knees. And this morning, finally, this is important, we come to Jehovah Rapha with nothing between our soul and the Savior. Think about that. Nothing between our soul and the Savior. Hey, brothers and sisters, God has a plan. And it's your job and mine to live in that plan. And part of that means that there is this there is this conduit, if you will, between God and me that needs to be open so it can flow. The love of God, the presence of God can flow into to me and my, and my praise back up to Him. If there is unconfessed sin in your life, this is important, if there is unconfessed sin in your life, if there is an unforgiving spirit in you, don't bother praying for healing. Your first step is to say, Father, forgive my sins. If you need healing, your first prayer is, Father, forgive my sins. And your second prayer, maybe your first prayer, depending on what's more important, is, Lord, if there's anything between me and anybody else, help me to take care of it. Then, brothers and sisters, we pray for healing. There is no healing when we have unconfessed sin in our lives. Remember Exodus 15? Exodus 15, chapter, chapter 15, verse 26 says this. If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, when you do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. If, then... How about Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24? You may notice this or recognize this as part of the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, if you, are, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. In our context today, if you're praying for healing... And in the midst of your prayers, God speaks to you and reveals to you that you have something against your brother or there's something going on between you and their brother or there's some, some blockage in the, in, between you and the Father. You take care of that first. Then you come back and you ask Him for healing. 
How about Mark chapter 11, verses 24 and 25? Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you will have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. you got business to care for before we get to prayer. And finally, James chapter 5, verse 16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Brothers and sisters, let's not get the cart before the horse. First, Father, forgive me. First, Father, help heal the relationship with my brother or sister. Then we bow and pray for healing. Some weeks ago, I asked, how many people have ever been healed by God? In both services, I asked, and a good two-thirds of you stood up. So this is not foreign to you. A good two-thirds of you in both services stood up and said, yes, sometime in my life, I've been healed. Today, we come to Jehovah Rapha in faith, on our knees, with nothing between our soul and the Savior. One of those people that stood up back then was Jody. Are you here, Jody? Oh, okay. Hi, Jody. Come here. Jody and her husband, Carl, have prayed diligently for their daughter, Taylor, for weeks, months, maybe years. I mean, they've prayed many times for her. So first I want to ask you, Jody, how is Taylor doing Taylor's doing very well, actually. Um, she's doing well physically and emotionally, and she's getting ready to head off to college in a couple weeks. Somebody say amen. That's an answer to prayer. That's a huge answer to prayer. Now, as you, as you prayed for healing and, and agonized in prayer for your little girl, who's a big girl now but was a little girl, um, what did you learn? Did God teach you anything? Share with us what you learned as you went through that process. Okay. Um, a couple of key things that I learned. Um, One was that regardless of how God answered my prayer or if he chose to answer my prayer the way I wanted it to, um, God did not change. God's character was the same. God was who he was, and he was still on the throne. So even if it didn't come out the way I wanted it to, that said nothing about who God was or what he was about. He was still God the healer. He was still God my provider. He still had all the same characteristics, even when I didn't feel like he was those things to me. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, regardless of what you feel like he's currently doing for you. Secondly, God told me some things about healing. We were praying desperately for physical healing for Taylor because we had horrible diagnoses, um, and she was deteriorating really fast, and we truly didn't think um, many times that she was going to even survive to her 18th birthday. And that was very devastating to us. Um, Obviously, we were praying for physical healing because we wanted our child to live. But in the midst of that, I realized that it was very easy to get focused on Taylor's illness and what was going on and my circumstances around me. And it was very easy to lose sight of where my focus should have been. And God had to continually remind me in his grace and his mercy to bring me back to say, Jody, right here. Right here. Your focus is on me. That's what you look at. 
Everything else is going to work out okay. You keep your eyes on me. You keep seeking me like you've never, ever done before. You stay on your knees, but you do it to know me more. You get to know me, and I'm going to take care of the details. Whether or not your daughter lives or dies is not the most important thing. It's getting to know me. And that was a very hard lesson to learn. It was hard to accept. Praying a prayer of relinquishment and letting your child go, knowing that God may take them. It's an ugly, ugly place to be. Um, Do I want to go back there? No. But what I've learned over that period of time is that God's grace is sufficient. That Satan will use these things in our lives to get our focus and get our attention and to so consume us that we miss the boat. We're going we're gonna to pray for the physical healing and we're going to join and we're going we're gonna to pray our friends through their illnesses and their cancer and do all of that stuff. And yeah, that's very biblical. The Bible talks about praying for physical healing. Nothing wrong with that. But it's so easy to then get focused on that so that you totally forget that your friends and neighbors are also dying spiritually. Mm. That, the, that they are going to miss the boat for eternity. Whether their physical body works on this earth is not nearly as important as whether their soul is spending eternity with God. Amen. Whether your soul yeah. is spending eternity with God. Yeah. And this morning, some of you are so focused on your physical problems, your financial problems, all of those things in the world and the circumstances that you're forgetting that you've got sin in your life that needs to be dealt with. You're forgetting that there are barriers between you and God and that God can't answer your prayer for healing because he will not be glorified in that. God answers your prayers to glorify himself. And that's another thing that I learned. It's not about me. It's all about him. If I am in the middle of a situation and being in that situation and being in pain and suffering and hardship brings glory to God, then bring it on because that is exactly where I want to be. I don't want to be sitting in a cushy lifestyle somewhere with no pain and no heartache. And meanwhile, nobody can see Jesus in my life. That is not where I want to be. And that is not where you should want to be. Nobody likes to suffer. I really don't want to suffer. But if that is where God needs needs me to be to bring his glory so that people can see him through me and his glory is revealed and it brings people to him, then that is where I want to be. So if you have things in your life today, if you are struggling with sin, 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 that's what it is. It's not anything else. It's not an excuse. It's not any of the reasons that you can come up with for doing the things you do, for keeping the habits in your life, for watching the programs that you watch, for not getting rid of that stuff, for not walking away from it, it's sin. And Jesus is the cure. And that is the only way. You lay it down, you quit looking at your problem, and you focus on him, and you say, God, with everything that is within me, I vow to pursue you today like never before. I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to know what you're about. I'm going to know what you think and how you feel, and the things that break your heart should break mine. And the things that bring joy to you should lift me up and bring me so much joy I can't contain it. And that's where you need to be. Then if God chooses to heal you, He'll do it because it will bring glory to him. And that's a bonus because you can live with physical suffering on this earth for a very short amount of time if it means that you get to spend eternity, eternity in heaven with God and what glory that will be. And that is what you don't want to miss. That is that is the important thing. So praise God. Amen. To God be the glory. Preach it, sister. 
James chapter 5, verses 14 to 16 says this. If anyone is sick, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. According to the According to the leading of the, the Word of God, we are going to practice our faith this morning. We are going to call the elders of the church, the Church of the Nazarene. We ordain, people that are ordained into the Christian ministry are called elders. And I've asked three of them to come and help me. Come at this time, if you will, and take your places. We also are going to pray. We're going to ask you that come, those of you that come to be anointed, we're going to ask you, is there anything between your soul and the Savior? Please answer, answer honestly, because that's what we want to deal with first. Then we will ask you, what would you like to be anointed for? Perhaps you're coming on behalf of someone else, which is entirely appropriate. And then we will anoint you with oil, according to the Scriptures. Oil is a symbol of healing. It always has been in the Middle East. We anoint your forehead with oil. So I'm going to ask you that want to, to come and kneel, or stand, or sit, whatever works for you. And we will pray with you. And the prayer of faith will make the sick person well. So come at this time, those that would like to be prayed for.